any, anything that I, I encounter or achieve or anything is me. It's nobody else. It's not my dad. It's not my mom. It's not the shit I went through. It's not my abusive exes. It's not, it's not any of that. It's literally me. I'm in complete control over whatever I want to accomplish in this life. where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never my best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. On this week's show, I am joined by Rachel Kenny, a former CrossFit athlete now turned Olympic weightlifter. The funny thing is we barely talked about any of those things. And these are the conversations that I love to have on the podcast. Instead of just interviewing people on you know, CrossFit, Olympic weightlifting, what they do, I'm more interested in who they are. And I always hesitate to say which podcasts are my favorite, but I will say this is definitely in the top three conversations that I ever got to have on the show. So we talked way more about life than we did one particular sport or discipline, getting through depression, how Rachel's developed her social media following, but also stayed within herself the entire time. Super valuable conversation. I really enjoyed it, and I think you guys are going to as well. So let's send it there now. I am breaking my cardinal sin. I never put the air conditioning on for podcasts because it has a little bit of a background noise, but it's so fucking hot that I'm like, I'm going to do it, see if the audio turns out okay. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, PA is super humid. Like, that's the nice thing about the Midwest in Wisconsin, it's really not that humid. Like I remember people were like, yeah, it's so humid. I'm like, this is not humid. Like I heard telling them, I'm like, this is not humidity at all. Um, so it's not bad here. The only time it gets bad here is if like there was a storm or there's going to be a storm. Like then you can kind of, the air th- just thickens essentially. That's how it feels today. Cause I think we're supposed to get storms tonight and tomorrow and it just gets super hazy. So we live like five minutes from Lake Michigan. Um, so there's like beaches all around and all it's beautiful. It's literally so nice. If you were to walk on like the the beach here, you would not even know that you were on a lake and not the ocean, which is like the coolest thing. Um, but it gets like super foggy and hazy. Like you can't see anything. So you always know like when a storm's coming or if the weather's shifting or something. So do you ever cold plunge in the lake in the winter? Hell no. Not, no, a, I, not a cold plunge person. Man, I mean, I want to. I want to. I want to get my own like ice bath and stuff, and do like the hot cold contrast. But I have never actually um, cold plunged or anything like that in the lake. So they have them here. Maybe I should sign up for one and do one just for the hell. Of- yeah, I figured when you posted about the sauna, I didn't know if you did both. Not yet, but. We we plan on it. We're like waiting to see if we move or not before we get like more stuff to then potentially have to move with. Um, but all of that's kind of up in the air. So I guess it just, but it'd be kind of pointless to get one now because it's about to be, it's going to be winter soon here. All right. Oh yeah. It's August. So what? October. Yeah. Usually September things start to shift like end of September. It depends. It really, it really, you can't even tell that's the one thing that's annoying here like every year is different so sometimes you it might like think last year it didn't even start getting we still had like 60 degree weather in october and into november um but then we didn't start getting nice weather until like june of this year oh wow so a couple yeah a couple months are you near how far are you from madison about two like an hour 45 so two hours you didn't you weren't gonna go to the games this year no, if we were going to, we were going to go today, but our schedules got pushed back and all funky this week. And we're like, nah, we're not going to go. Uh, we'll save a lot of money by not going as well because we always end up buying like equipment or like a rower or a skier or something that was used um, afterwards. So, so yeah, we didn't go. We went every other year though. Is it pretty cool? I've never been there, so I don't know what the experience is like. Everyone says a lot of good things. Yeah, it's cool. I think I think if you're like into CrossFit, you should go at least once just to experience it and the community and everything like that. Like everyone's just super friendly and talks to everyone and 
there's just a lot of, you know, you get to meet so many people and so many different like brands um, and like get to like feel them out a little bit and learn more about them and their purpose and what they want to do. So yeah, I would say it's definitely uh, a good experience and people should go. Yeah. We, we were talking uh, the other day about doing the Arnold. We went, this was our first year that we actually went to the Arnold and went to the convention center and stuff. And it's, it's worth going to once, but it's, there's so many powerlifting and bodybuilding and like random strength sports. It's not, there's not much CrossFit or like weightlifting type. There's rogue obviously, but it's, I don't know. It was just weird. The vibe was weird. It's if you are into bodybuilding and like the stringer tanks and you're in there for the pump, like you're going to get all your pre-workout stuff like that. But if you're weightlifter or CrossFitter, I wouldn't say it's anything special. Yeah. I mean, people like people do the Arnold, right? Like they like doing it for Olympic weightlifting. Yeah, it was actually the biggest strength event ever this year. There was like nineteen hundred people competed. Holy shit. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, that's the one I was thinking of like doing um, to start, but we'll see. I don't know. I did the Arnold a few times when I was a gymnast. Um, so I think that's why it takes close to my heart. Um, that competition, it was the most fun. I had like such a good time because we would bus from Pennsylvania to Columbus and like we would just take like the whole team would just be on a big bus together and it was like so I mean I was a kid so we were just freaking wild crazy on the bus <laughs> like the best times ever we had some good times so I think that's why like I was like yeah I for sure have to do that one um if I compete or when I compete in Olympic weightlifting yeah it's definitely a good one it's uh that'll be a cool one to start out at because like if you do a local meet it it has no feeling compared to doing a national meet like the setup and they actually they had it in a different venue they couldn't even fit it in the arnold because it was so big this year so weightlifting was in a completely separate um what do you call venue like it wasn't the rest of the convention was in the convention center and then weightlifting was completely separate which kind of sucked though yeah i guess if it's not like in the same thing but that's so cool that it was that big that so many people did it like that's pretty neat yeah it's wild they had they had crossfit too the crossfit wasn't wasn't really big though i guess the rogue invitational probably um that's before it right i don't know when that is well no the rogue used to be in columbus and i think now it's in texas they were doing it at that baseball field Yep, they changed it. I think COVID had a lot to do with that and, and as to why they changed it. I know, I believe it's in October, I think. Yeah, you sound I, right. You sound more right than I do. <laughs> it's in October. I can't really remember because my fiance qualified for it two years ago, but it sucked because we couldn't go in person because of COVID. So they did it online. It was really weird, but it was cool how they made it work. Like, Rogue literally does everything perfect. I swear to God, they made it. They made it work, and it was really cool. Um, so they had to like send people to live stream it from the gym, and then they like sent judges out and like all this stuff, and then they sent like all the equipment. So it was really neat. They actually gifted all the athletes like the equipment that they had to use. So everything that they used and were sent, we got to keep. So we got like over. I don't even know, man. Like four thousand i don't i don't know four thousand five thousand dollars worth of like weights um we've got like he we got like an echo bike we got all this crazy stuff from it um so that was really nice and really cool um but the it sucked in a way like because he didn't get to experience like the crowd or that and that's what people thrive off of you know so i think that was a bummer um in that aspect for him so we haven't really gotten to experience it yet yeah give and take the online comment there's just no way that you can do it the same as in person. No, and we couldn't even cheer. Like, we had to be so quiet, like, when he was going. Couldn't have music, so he was allowed to have one earphone in. Um, <laughs> that was it, and, like, it was just dead quiet. So I'm, like, I, like, am very loud, and I'm try- I want to, like, scream for him, and I can't, and I'm, like, trying to talk to him, so I'm, like, writing stuff on boards, like, trying to give him, like, 
different things to do or like different attempts and numbers to hit for like the heavy weights and stuff it was a mess it was so hard to like not yell or anything like that it was it was an interesting experience that's pretty cool though yeah i mean that's awesome that they did the equipment and stuff it was like they made it the best they possibly could have with the circumstances that everyone like you know they still let these athletes compete when we no one else could put on anything on like there was nothing else any athlete could do for like a year so the fact that like they were able to still have somewhat of a competition um was really really neat so i thought that was cool have you been paying attention to the games yes i watch it religiously i literally watch every single event i always will it'll always be near and dear to my heart because i did it for so long um and it's just so fun to watch it's so fun to watch these athletes throw down yeah it's I mean, they're just getting so good. Like, when when are they going to stop getting better? It's I know. Like, it's It never ends. And I feel like now they're, like, changing the movement standards to do stuff that's actually wrong because they're, like, they don't know what else to do. Like, we're <laughs> going to make this harder by making it the wrong way to do something. Like, the handstand push-ups. We're like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, we'll just turn you around. Like, this is not how anybody teaches it. But, yeah, let's do it that way. Those are super hard, though. They, they they like target so many different muscle groups than I think CrossFitters are actually used to. So I think that's why so many of them really struggled, not to mention they made a deficit, which was just like, wow, first of all, you make them turn around. And second of all, you make it a deficit? Like, that's terrible, you know? Um, I don't know. I think because this is the first year that Boz programmed and not Dave Castro. Um and I think Boz did a great job. I was a little taken back by like the crisscross applesauce um, double under one. I didn't see that one. I saw people talking about it, but I didn't see actually what happened. Yeah, I was a little, I was like, man, you know, I feel like I would have done like a heavy rope at the end of it just to, to get the athletes, more of the athletes into the heavy, weird gymnastics portion of it. But so many couldn't get past that crisscross one and i know like they should be ready for anything but i think in that aspect like people were saying oh well this just proves that like they still have a long way to go and they're not skilled at everything and i was like i think if you gave them a long enough rope and allowed them to prepare for it they would have been fine so all of these athletes had like a short rope for like double unders were like how are you gonna it's gonna take so much more to be able to cross so the ones who had the longer ropes were able to have no problem completing it. So I think that was like something I like, I understand, but I also don't agree. I feel like they should have gave them somewhat of a heads up, like, Hey, bring a jump rope. That's slightly longer than the one that you use. You know what I mean? Or like, don't tell them what it is. Just let them be more prepared. Cause I feel like if you had a short rope, cause some people have like the tiniest jump rope for double unders. Right. So I just felt like it was a little weird in that aspect. But aside from that, I think the tests are really good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, and every year too, like you expect it to become better. That's like the hard part, especially Boz, like doing it for the first year. You're expecting it to be as good, if not better than Castro. So that must be a lot of pressure to do that. For sure. And you can see the difference between those two, like the different kind of way that both of them feel the need to program both very good just both very different which is really neat what i think is a good change is going to be a good change to the sport yeah i mean what are your feelings about the sport like as i mean we'll kind of get into it a little bit later we'll jump around a little bit but you did crossfit for a long time you're not as involved in it anymore so i mean as far as like health goes like what's your take on on the games and actually like how healthy that is compared to like the you know if you're coaching people in nutrition and crossfit like you're probably not going to want them to do crossfit game style workouts and the crazy stuff that those athletes do not at all definitely not at all (laughs) i think um i think these athletes who compete at a higher level in terms of like semifinals and the crossfit games like it's just a whole different type of sport um than what crossfit it actually is I feel like in terms of like the general population and I don't I think it's hard to it's hard because 
sometimes people will look at the games and then be like, well, I'm never going to go to CrossFit because I can't do any of that shit. But going to like your local affiliate, they're not going to make you do those things. If it's a great gym, they're not going to make you do those things that the games athletes are doing. They're going to scale for you accordingly and you're going to get a really good workout and you're going to get a lot healthier. Right. Um, so I think like it's hard because people get taken back and then don't want to do it. And then it's also hard because some people push too hard to want to do that when maybe they shouldn't be um, trying to try those things or doing those things that are just not ready yet. So I think for me, like, it's hard. You know, I see a lot of people at gyms sometimes. And, you know, anytime you drop in anywhere, anytime you do anything, you're always, like, watching people. And I'm really big on, like, healthy movement. Like, that's, like, always been, like, a big thing. My coach is really big with that. Even with Olympic weightlifting, like, me keeping me as healthy as possible is always the like most important thing um because at the end of the day longevity means more to me it means more to me than like anything else you know um so but you'll see people like pushing it because the gym maybe wants to make some make it more competitive and then you'll see people not hitting depths or not doing correctly or their arms are super bent in like the hyper extension because they don't have the thoracic mobility to be doing overhead squats or something and then like I like I hate that and I like cringe a little because I'm like this coach should be telling this person to take a step back like not let their ego win and to do the movement properly and then give them proper accessory and mobility to help them open up their thoracic or open up their hips and stuff like that because you know, that's what health is all about is trying to be open, not more tight. So I guess, yeah. Yeah. CrossFit Games is like not the uh, the healthiest, but your local affiliate and what a good local affiliate would do is healthy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, it's almost unfair to criticize the games though, because it just hasn't been around for that long like any sport if you look at baseball basketball the nfl they've had the formula for so long they basically just don't have to mess it up to put on a good production but crossfit is like hey let's see what works let's see how good these athletes are and then they keep raising the bar and raising the bar like i, I was kind of i was looking at rich froning he was doing an ad for rp and i was like i don't think rich follows rp <laughs> and that's where like I almost wish they would just get rid of the CrossFit in the CrossFit games and change it entirely so people don't think that that's CrossFit. Because, I mean, you're doing 13 workouts in four or five days. That's not CrossFit. Doing no. <laughs> it is. I just think it, I mean, I guess I feel like people are starting to understand a little more that that's like the competitive sport aspect of it, not like what CrossFit stands for. But it, yeah, man, it's hard. I, I feel like it's really hard to, that's why Greg Glassman had such a hard time for the longest time, even supporting the games. Like he supported it, but at the same time, that wasn't the message he wanted to put forth towards the world. Right. So, um, Greg Glassman is all about health and like fighting for, you know, healthy rights. And that's why he like tried suing what, like Coca-Cola or Pepsi or whatever. Like he, he really like gave a shit and I know people got so aggravated with him. Um, but if people just like took their emotions and stuff, took it to the side and actually looked at what Greg Glassman did, like he did something amazing. Um, and I think he really did struggle, um, from what I understand with like the competitive aspect of the games and like what he wanted people, what he wanted CrossFit to be known for and as, but the games kind of took over. Yeah. You know, games are interesting people want to watch it yeah i mean i guess a lot of people still are going to get into crossfit because of the games like people who would who would have never done it which is i mean that's always a good thing like the more people who are in boxes the more people who actually find out that oh hey we're not going to do these workouts at my local gym like that's always a good thing yes for sure for sure um and i know a lot of people who like, you know, I work with a lot of people, especially in nutrition who do CrossFit and they just go for an hour a day. They get, they get their workout in. Um, and that's it. And it keeps them really healthy and it keeps them strong. And that's what it like, it necessarily is supposed to be about, but the sport is like a whole different, whole, whole different type of like beast, man. It's just, it's completely different. How, how long were you involved in 
competing actively? About six years. I mean, I would say my first year, five. We'll say five. My first year, I literally was just like, wow, this is cool. What's this? Like, just learning the different movements. Um, So I would say about five years, I was actually pretty competitive um, in the sport. I did team, like a lot of team stuff for a while, and then shifted into individual. The last year I was in it, last year, year and a half. Um, And yeah. Yeah, so about five years. I saw the uh, the old video on YouTube. It was, I think, it was from two thousand eighteen. Corey Warner, I think, was his name. That was a really, really well done video. Yeah, he did a really good job. He was an awesome human. What do you look back and see with your CrossFit career? Like, how do you kind of see it playing out now that you're on the other side of it? I, th- oh man. I think, I'll be honest, CrossFit saved my life. Um, And I will always have an appreciation for the sport because of that. Like, it saved me in some of my darkest times in my life. Um, And it helped me grow. And not only just that, like, just the different mentors I've had and coaches I was able to obtain. Like, my coach now, like, who is coaching me in Olympic weightlifting, he also coached me throughout the last three to four years in CrossFit. Um, and he was a big reason of just like a part of my growth, but that sport in general just showed me that there's more, way more to life than like suffering in like, you know, a depressive mindset. Um, and I look back at 2018 and man, I was still so broken. Like in that video, like I was still such, I was still so lost. Um, so I've come a long way from there. Um, so I would say the whole journey in itself, it wasn't ever about the competitive aspect of it. It was just about the fact that I found myself throughout it. What were some of those dark times? Like if you want to get into it before, before starting CrossFit? Um, so I had a really rough upbringing. Like I, I would say the first 26 years of my life were really crazy. I'm 30 now. I just turned 30 in June. Um, I had like a very like abusive family, um, just a lot of mental and physical abuse. And then, um, a lot of like drugs were involved in my family as well. So it was a lot of dark, it was a very dark path growing up. And then over time, my parents did split. And then my mom was a single mom and didn't really have much of anything. Um, she had to work a lot. She had to work a lot of jobs. So I just kind of felt like alone alone all the time and it wasn't her fault by any means um because she was providing and putting food on the table for us and making sure we had clothes to put on our backs and you know what I mean and I like without her god only knows what would have happened to us and without her like pushing forward like that but in the same aspect you know um it was just it was hard because we were really alone me and my brother both um and then obviously I didn't know how to handle my emotions or get through it because I felt so alone and I went a little crazy and I the drinking like a lot pretty heavily when I was like 16, 17 years old. And I drank probably until I was about 21, mid 21. So it was like, it was so weird. It was like I turned 21 and then I like went to the bars and drank for like a good six, seven months. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like hit me out of nowhere. Like I was just like, I'm literally going to end up you know, just like the people in my family, like, what am, what am I doing? I'm literally becoming just another typical statistic for like everything I went through. I'm letting that define me and create my path for me. And I have so much more to accomplish in this life. So my cousin took me under his wing because he was a professional bodybuilder. And I was like, can you just teach me how to like, I don't know, do the thing, like lift the weights and like, cause I went, I did go to college for soccer Um, and I was like a soccer player, but I literally could have given a shit less about it. Like I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go play soccer and go to college, I guess, because I have to like, but I was, I drank and partied all through college. Like it was like, that's all I cared about. So I was just like, can you like teach me how to even eat food? Like I'm gaining a lot of, and I got really heavy. I was like, Jesus, 175 ish. I'm five one. So 175, like no muscle, no muscle. So there's no nothing. I was just getting, you know, I was getting like a little overweight. Um, I was obviously super unhealthy. So he took me under his wing and he taught me how to eat and he taught me how to train. I remember I followed like 
a template on like bodybuilding.com that taught me everything. It taught me how to like squat. It taught me how, what movements were. I had him to ask questions. Um, so I just like worked out like a bodybuilder, never competed in a show, never really like wanted to. And I lost a bunch of weight and I got down to like 115-ish, I would say like 120. Um, and then I did that. And then when I was like 24, I, one of my friends that I worked with was like, you should do CrossFit. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not doing CrossFit. Cause I was, I was always around bodybuilders and they're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like they shit it on CrossFit so hard, so hard. Especially during that time. Cause it was still so much newer. Right. So they like shit it on it. Um, so I was like, I'm not doing that. And she's like, just come like, you can do like a week free trial. Like just come with us. And I'm like, whatever, I'll do it. So I walked into the gym and the owner was like, do you know what a handstand is? And I was like, I did gymnastics for 12 years. So there was like handstand walking in the thing and in class. And I was like, I bought in. Like that was like, that was it for me. And then I just dove like straight into that. Um, throughout that time, like I, I was still like drinking a little bit, but started really cutting back. Um, I haven't drank since I was 26. So about four years, I haven't drank anything. And I don't think I ever will again, um, which is cool. But I was in, like, a really abusive relationship as well during that time, um, which was really hard. So, luckily, I was able to get out of that. And then now I am here where I am right now. So, once I got out of that, it was like, all right, I'm ready to just completely take life by the balls and achieve anything that I want to. Uh, Yeah. That's great. Do you feel like when you first got into fitness, like did other areas of your life improve too? Because you were going to the gym, like did you start to eat better or at least be mindful of what you're putting into your body? Because I mean, sometimes like you can, you can start one healthy habit, but if you have a bunch of other shitty habits, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I did everything. I went and I started eating healthy. I was like, I want to do it all. I want to learn everything. Like, so yeah, I kind of learned it really did it going to the gym, like changed everything for me. And then you start, you're like now on the outside looking in from where like you were and what friends you hung out with and the people you hung out with. And you're like, Holy shit. Like everyone's a mess. You know what I mean? And, and, um, I think that was the biggest thing. It's like, you almost start to see life more clear when you get healthier and fitter and you start eating better. Um, you don't, you don't like, you're not as depressed anymore. And I know like depression is still a thing. Like I still struggle, struggle with it from time to time. Um, but not nearly as much as I used to like, and I feel like a big thing, a big reason I don't is because I focus so much on my health, um, and my wellness. Yeah. I think that's such a underutilized thing. Like how many people go to a doctor and it's just like, Oh, let me get some antidepressants when it's like, what are you eating? How much are you sleeping? What's your, you know, what are your habits looking like? Do you like your job? Like all those things play a factor, not just like, oh, you're depressed. Let's do this. Like, I mean, that's America in general. Like we can get into that, but you know, solve a problem. Like we have this problem, let's solve it. And usually it happens to be a pill. Right. Which isn't the most ideal. Um, I think I shared a chart the other day that I saw on like which country was provided and was taking the most and highest amount of antidepressants. And we are it. And it's crazy. You know, there's like, and that's just like, it's masking the problem. You know what I mean? And, and throughout, and, and I don't, I'm not shitting on anyone who takes antidepressants because if that's what helps you, that's all that matters. And, but I do think that you can't just take, antidepressants and not do the internal work that you should be doing for yourself. Like if you're on antidepressants, you should be going to therapy weekly. Like you should be fine. You should be reading a lot of mental health books. You should be working on meditating and finding out, finding ways to meditate and just become one with yourself. Like I think so many people are just like, yep, I'll take medication. And then that's it. And then they still continue to eat like shit. They don't go to the gym. They don't do any work for themselves. They just feel sorry for themselves. And that's the problem, right? Like 
So, and I think if people did that, if they took anti antidepressants and then worked internally, they'd be able to wean off of them. And that should be the point to be able to eventually like wean off of that. Throughout my whole life, I went to therapy. I went to therapy for year since I moved up here. So since 26, I recently stopped therapy because I'm like, I don't really need it anymore. I have so many like coping mechanisms. I know exactly what to do if I'm like going through it, if my PTSD is triggered. Um, I know how to like handle it now, but that was because of three to four years of therapy and work and consistently having really bad days and really good days. But ever since, like, no matter what, no matter what in life, no matter what therapist I went to, because you have to shop for them. I went through like three or four till I found the one that really worked for me. Um, I, every single one, I'm like, if you suggest even the slightest bit of putting me on an antidepressant, I'm literally getting up and walking out of this room and I'm never coming back. And I told him that from day one, I'm like, I don't want it. Like, I literally do not want it. I can fix myself without it. And I've done it. So I think that's a cool accomplishment for myself personally. Um, and like I said, I don't think being on an antidepressant is wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think that that's not, that's not a fix. Yeah. I mean, modern medicine, like it's, it's a miracle. Like you, you get a wound and you have Neosporin like that's a fucking miracle. But it's like how many different you, you can't fix everything like some things you need to go internally. And I think, too, for you, like you could have looked at the, your childhood. You could have looked at, um, you know, being neglected and look at your family and you can always make excuses as like this is why I'm not getting ahead. This is why I'm not successful in life because because I was raised this way or because like this happened to me. Like you could you can always fall back on that excuse. And I think a lot of people do that. But like to to go ask for help, to find someone to find those healthy relationships and work through that stuff. It, I mean, it's not easy. No, it's for sure not easy. It's hard. There were when I first started therapy, I would make every excuse not to go. I would make every excuse not to go. And my fiance now at the time, he was my boyfriend. He's like, you're fucking going like you're going because he saw me. He saw me at like. I mean, I hit some dark spots, but when I moved up here, it was almost like I had nothing to fixate on anymore. So I didn't have any bad problems going on in my life. So for 26 years of my life, well, for as long as I can remember, I had something terrible going on or something terrible happening to me. So it was like something terrible would happen to me. I'd figure it out, push it. Another terrible thing would happen to me. I'd figure it, push it, another. And I never dealt with it. So I came up here and it was like, I was probably up here honestly for like two, three weeks. Like everything settled down. I was working. Um, I was like adjusting to like the new area, everything else. And it like my depression hit me like a brick to the face. Like I like was having suicidal thoughts. I didn't want to even exist. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to get out of bed. And it was almost like all of the problems that I endured throughout my whole life finally all came back and just hit me and it was like guess what you have nothing else to focus on so you're gonna focus on all of this that happened to you and it was dark it was probably the the hardest time I've ever had um but I'm a big believer in like sink or swim my grandpa used to say that all the time um and he's like you can you have two options there there's literally no other option there's no in between you're either gonna sink or you're going to swim. And like now I'm at, I, I say this to my clients a lot. I'm like, you can, there's two types of people. There's no other, other, other person in this world. You're either one or the other. You're either actively suffering or you're passively suffering. And it's like, which one do you choose to be? Do you choose to passively suffer where you're depressed? You don't want to do anything to get yourself better. You just want to binge on Netflix and sink in your couch every single day, eat a bowl of ice cream, Go to that shitty job that you fucking hate and then go home so, like, you're passively suffering. Or do you want to actively suffer um, where you're going to go to the gym? It's going to suck some days. You're not going to want to go and you go. You're going to have to prep your food and log your food and it's annoying as hell. Um, you're going to go out to eat and have to be that weirdo that asks for your dressing on the side of a salad, right? You're going to have to go to therapy. You're going to have to read books. You're going to have to go for walks, whatever the case may be you're actively suffering, but you're one of the two. And I would rather, and when I got to that point, I was like, I want, I'm going to choose to actively suffer. Like I'm not going to passively suffer for the rest of my life. When I have my 
whole life ahead of me. And the only person who's responsible for any, anything that I, I encounter or achieve or anything is me. It's nobody else. It's not my dad. It's not my mom. It's not the shit I went through. It's not my abusive exes. It's not, it's not any of that. It's literally me. I'm in complete control over whatever I want to accomplish in this life. And I choose to actively suffer. So, and I think that's something that it's a hard talk that every person needs to have with themselves. Where's that come from? Like, how did you come to this mindset? Dude, I read it in a book. I can't remember what book well, I read. Oh, okay. I was going to ask what book. I read so much. I read like my, like people like to watch TV or like watch movies as like a relaxing state. You know, I read, I read every single morning, every night. That's like my thing. So I forget which book it was. I want to say, I think the slight edge. Okay. By Jeff Olson. Yeah. Yeah. I read that one. But I don't know. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's a good analogy to think about. I, one thing I thought of, um, a lot of times on my own journey is like you're either doing it one way like the like you said the active suffering or the passive suffering but that doesn't mean that you're just gonna do you're gonna make one decision and you can't like the rest of your life is just gonna fall in line like a, a lot of times it's getting your health in order first and like let's deal with your health first and then you can worry about your shitty job after that and you can worry yep. about all the other things that you need to deal with but i kind of thought when i you know when like i hated my job and i still hate my job currently which like it sucks because i'm going through it i don't want to be working but like this is active suffering it's doing the podcast on a saturday and it's not suffering at all i'm not saying that but it's doing things when you don't want to do them all the time like to to get ahead it doesn't mean hey quit your job and i used to be this person like quit your job no backup plan like just fucking figure it out and for <laughs> but listen for a lot of people it's not realistic like it, a mom of three who doesn't like their job you can't quit you can't be like well you know what we're gonna we, we might not eat this month but i really don't like my job so i'm gonna quit and I think coming to grips with that, like you can, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's not just one way. Like you can do things to work on it and it's going to be a slow process. I'm sure for you, it wasn't like an overnight thing that you're like, yep, I'm responsible for everything. Now I can take control over my own life. Like <laughs> it, it's definitely not like that. It wasn't. I mean, it was, it was like, I am responsible for everything, but what steps can I take? What, what steps can I take moving forward? that can put me in the direction of where I want to go. Right. So like, and I say that all the time, I'm like 1% better. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And that's, I, I say this to my clients literally all the time. And like, I work with a lot of people who have never counted a damn macro in their life. They don't even know what protein, carbs and fats are. They have no clue. They're like, Oh, peanut butter is a protein, right? I'm like, no, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, that's kind of like the people that some of the people I work with and they're my favorite types of people because I get to watch them grow. Like I literally get to watch them grow into the person that they, they never thought they could be, um, all because they chose to get 1% better every day. And we take steps. I'm not like, okay, you're going to hit all of your macros exactly to the dot every single day. And it's going to be complete whole foods and it's not going to come from anywhere else. No, literally we start small. Hey, you're just going to try really hard to hit your protein and we're going to do it in this step. And this is how I want you to kind of attack your day. I don't give a shit about your calories, carbs, or fats. I just want you to focus on protein intake. And that's it. And sometimes we sit on that for like weeks, but every single week, every single day, they get 1% better. They understand it a little, little more. They take more of a progressive step. You know, maybe one week they're eating four, four times a week. They're eating fast food. The next week they're eating it twice. Like that's, you're better. You're taking those progressive steps soar, forward in terms of actively suffering, right? To get to the end goal of what you want. So no, it's not going to be overnight, but like, for someone, if like my advice for someone, if you hate your job, what are you doing to get out of it? That's all that matters. What are you doing? Are you taking small steps? Are you looking for new jobs? Do you have ideas? Are you working on building something? You know what I mean? Are you setting money aside? Like just like little things. Like what are you? What are you slowly doing to to get you to where you want to be? And like, man, I had to do it. I wanted to coach full time, and I still had to like go through. Um, like I had to be under someone, I had an internship for like six months 
just a coach. So I was waitressing. I waitressed for 10 years. So I was like waitressing. I was working like three in the afternoon to like midnight. And then I would wake up, train, internship, work, wake up, train, internship, work. Like my days were like so, and I had no money. I didn't make shit. Like I literally was living paycheck to paycheck for, I can't even tell you how long, but it was like, okay, I got this. I'm going to suffer for working like 60, 70 hour work weeks right now until I can get this job and I can shift. Right. And then I got the job. They, they hired me because I was a good coach, but then I only got two days a week. So then I was still waitressing and then still working, you know, and then slowly trying to prove myself and build my name as a coach. And then, okay, Hey, we might, we, I think we want to offer you this day. Cool. I get to, I get to take that day. I get to take a day away from waitressing. So it was like, tiny stuff like that until I got the opportunity to get a full-time job coaching. Right. So then I got to quit waitressing. So it's just like little steps. I think a lot of the time people hear podcasts like this or they follow you on Instagram, right? They follow someone on Instagram and they just see where you're at now. And they're like, wow, must be so nice to have that. must be so nice to think like that. And it's like, they don't know anything you've been through. They don't know how triumphant you were over what, what this, that, and the third, like they don't know what you did to get to this area. They just see what they want to see. And I think that's such an issue with social media to begin with is it's like everyone just posts the good. They don't really post the bad. I try to be as open as possible as I can with my story um, on social media, but sometimes it's hard to be open to so many people, (laughs) you know? But how has it like, when did your platform grow the most? Like, what was it when you were doing CrossFit? Yes, it was. But yeah, when, after, when I moved up here, I, it was growing like gradually. Um, I think when I moved up here to Wisconsin, I had like 25,000 followers. So still like a decent amount. And then from being up here, it just like went up and now it's just like, meh, just kind of whatever. <laughs> Did you want a platform in the beginning? Like, was that ever something that you placed an emphasis on? I think everyone wants a platform. I think everyone, like, to a degree in an ego aspect is like, yeah, I want all those followers. Like, I think it's always, like, something that you wish. And then it started happening, and I'm like, oh. Like, I I always wanted it but never expected it. And then it happened, and I was like, oh, well, I guess this is cool. And then it got to a point where I was like, what good can I do with it? Like, I don't really care about posting my ass or, you know, and hey, if you do that, go on with your bad self. Like, I'm all for it. Like, go on with your bad self. I don't judge anyone, like, for doing that. And, like, half the time I'm in clothes that are, like, short shorts and a sports bra because that's what I train in, right? So, like, but that's not my intent, like, in in my platform. Like, I don't know. I just want to connect with different people who want to change their lives and I want to help them. That's like, that's what I want to do with my platform. You're a hundred percent right that people, I mean, like, especially for me, I found you what a couple weeks ago, maybe. So I have this perception of you now and I haven't seen anything that you've gone through and like, you're a good athlete. You're lifting a lot of weight. you kind of always think, oh, like everything must've came easy from her. You said you were a gymnast. So like the CrossFit journey, you did everything right. And there was no mistakes. Like that's just the perception that you look at somebody and yeah, it's fucking skewed. And like, that's not real life at all, but it's like this magic fantasy that we have. Oh, somebody has this many followers. Like they're going to be a different person and they're not like you, you just, you talk and it's all, it's like weird to say this, but I was like surprised because you were normal and you know, it's like, it, it is weird to think that, that, and that's what I thought in the podcast in the beginning, like, Oh, I'll just talk to people who have a lot of followers and you find out some of those people are the most empty, boring people in the world. Like, Oh, you have a big platform because you post pictures in your bikini, but like you have no substance to life. And that's it. That's fine if like that's what you place an emphasis on. If that's what you need right now, like, hey, I'm not gonna be out here judging anybody. Like, like you said, we kind of all want a platform. We all think it's gonna be cool. But 
I guess you kind of almost need it to know what it's like and then be like, oh, well, I didn't need that. For sure. And I think, uh, God, I think a lot of people who post those things who have a large following who literally give nothing back to the world, like it's they have a lot of internal shit they need to work on. Like they are they are ha social media is their form of acceptance like they're like okay if i post this picture and i get this many likes i'm accepted and people like me and i went through that i went through that it's fucked it's fucked i went through such a long time where i'm like i would post a picture and it wouldn't like do as well as i thought it would and i would want to delete it i'm like oh my god i want to delete this i want to delete this is this bad like do i look disgusting like is that why people aren't liking it you know you you can and i remember i caught myself and i was like what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, get your shit together. That means nothing. And now, like, I just post whatever I want. Like, I'm at the point, I've been at the point the last few years, I just post whatever I want. I don't give a shit if it gets likes. I don't give a shit if it gets one like. I post it because I, I want to post it. Because it's me. Like, my lifting stuff doesn't ever do well on social media. Why? Because half of the people who follow me are men who are disgusting. Like, it's just how it is. And my inbox states that. Like, my inbox is like crazy. I don't even like going in there, but I go in there because I promote my business in there. And, and there's people who go in there and they're like, hey, I saw your flyer on you help that person lose 26 pounds in four weeks. Like, I want that. Can you help me? Yes, let's talk. So like, obviously I go in there. I use that platform because I want to help people. Like, that's the whole reason. But man, some of the shit I get in there, it's so messed up. I'm just like, what is wrong with these people? And that's like, that's the unfortunate, like people will always say to me all the time, like, oh, yeah. same thing. You're so lucky of a platform. Is it cool? Like, what do you, what do you experience from it? I'm like, no, it's not that great. It's, it helps me build my business that for that I will always be thankful I will always be thankful because it will help me build my business but like sometimes like man you see stuff and you get comments from people and it's weird like it's like it's truly weird I think the weirdest thing too is that people follow you and they feel like they need an explanation for everything that you're doing in your life it's like they're like oh I follow you you're my friend you need to tell me like everything that's going on like and I'm just like, man, I'm like, no, like it's literally, hey, man, I want to, I'll be as nice to you as ever. Like I, I literally tell my, I pride myself on leading with love. Like I will be nice to every single person in this world unless you give me a reason to feel like I shouldn't be nice to you. And even then I will still just, I won't even be mean to you. I will just not talk to you, not have you in my presence. Just, you know what I mean? Um, so like that's kind of how I feel but people literally just ask me everything and expect think they expect and expect an answer like yeah she has to tell me what's going on in her life wild it's weird <laughs> the weird thing too is now people aren't even attacking just for what you are posting it's for what you're not posting too like oh why didn't you you know there's a current issue going on. Why didn't you share your opinion on that? Like you should have, you know, you have a platform. You should have, you should have spoke out on this. And it's like, hey, like you don't know that person. It's, it is, it's just fucking weird. I'm glad we're talking about this because I was like, this was definitely a topic that I wanted to get into. Cause I mean, I don't have that. So, so I have no idea what it's like. And it, it is, it's weird. It's as weird as you think it is. And yes, that is so, that's, that's like the biggest thing that I think we should talk about is like that people expect you to post your political opinion online. And then if it's not the opinion that they want you to have, they're like, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. And then they unfollow you. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess I can't have an opinion if it's that. And you're like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, and there's just no, there's nothing escaping that. There's nothing escaping that. And I've had so, I've literally lost so many followers in the last two years because I'll post it and people won't like what I have to say. And I'm like, and how, and I do not post stuff a lot, but sometimes I'll see something that gets me really aggravated. So I'll post it and be like, man, you know, and I'll never, I'm the type of person that like, you can have your opinion on this. And if I have the complete opposite opinion of you, I'll still love you. Like, 
as long as you're respectful, I still love you. Like you're, you're literally allowed to have any opinion you want. And that's what's fucked up in the world because people can't have open conversations. And that's, what's nice about like my coach. He's like, he's like my big brother. Um, he's such a big part of my life. Like, and with him, like he's very direct. Um, and some people will think it's very, it's too direct. And they're like, wow, he's too like straightforward. But anytime I have an opinion on something, if he doesn't agree, he, we converse about it and he will give me like different things to look into so I can research different things. And then maybe at the end of that conversation, I might be like, wow, thank you for providing me with this information. Now I have more to look into. And maybe I do think differently about this topic, but now it's like, people don't even do research. They just are immediately like that and they, they're not open. They're not open to anything. And I think that's the biggest issue with the world today. You know, what would be wild if you couldn't share people's stories. So like you actually had to post original content. How many people never actually put their own opinion out there, but they just share a bunch of Instagram stories that is on their side. It's like you don't even you don't even have to have your own opinion now. It's just you're endorsing somebody else who said something that you liked. If everybody had to put it out there like, oh, this is exactly what I think about it, then people could be like, wow, your opinion is stupid because you didn't think this out at all. Right. But because you have people who are willing to do the research, you can just share that and be like, this is how I feel about it, even though. I mean, do you know the topics that you're talking about? One thing too, like I, I won't post about anything that I don't know enough about because I just don't feel like I have a deep enough understanding to post about it. And I'm like, I'll come back in six months and be like, oh yeah, that, that thing that everybody was talking about, maybe I was wrong about that. And I have no problem with saying that, but I just didn't do my research. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna get into the fire. A hundred percent. And I'm the same way. I will never, if I don't know, if I am literally not a hundred percent positive on what I'm about to share, I am not sharing it until I do, until I have time to research stuff myself. And that is the issue. People literally see shit on social media and they're like, oh, it's posted. It must be true. (laughs) Nope. No, it's dude. The amount of misinformation about nutrition out there too. Like, and people will just, I mean, fuck people blindly listen to me right so like you just see someone and you trust them i work really hard to obviously do and be my best self so that people aren't blindly trusting me they're trusting me for a good reason because i'm gonna get them the best results i'm gonna feed them food i'm not gonna starve them and i'm gonna help them as much as i can right but there's so many people out there that in anything in anything there's fitness coach there's nutrition coach there's teachers there's the police officers there's anything any any person out there can be fake as shit and then people will trust them and then they get lead it wrong. I can't tell you how many times I've trusted a nutrition coach and they fucked me up like throughout my CrossFit career, like so many, so many different things has messed me up. Um, and it's just crazy. And, and, And nobody does, nobody does any, any research on said human or individual. Right. So hard. Yeah, I feel like coaching females too. There's just so many more factors with hormones and you know oh, yeah. your periods and stuff like that must be a shit ton of research to get into to make to make sure you aren't messing that person up. Especially, I mean, we talked about it earlier like the high-level CrossFit. I mean, you got to do a lot on the back end recovery-wise, nutrition-wise to make sure that you are staying healthy cuz I mean, I've just heard even people in the local CrossFit gyms who are losing their periods or having weird stuff go on with their bodies. And it's like, you should be seeking a professional for that. That's not normal. For sure. It's not normal. It's literally not. And and the thing too, what most coaches don't understand is every single, there's a lot of shit that, that just works, right? It, you are literally not going to lose weight unless you're in a caloric deficit. That's just how it is. Like there's, it's science. If you are not losing weight, you are not in enough caloric, like caloric deficit. There could be a lot of reasons for that. You could literally, 
like the less muscle mass you have, the less calories you're burning throughout the day. So if you're just a runner or you're just doing cardio and you're not focusing on resistance training, the odds of you being in a very low caloric deficit in order to even lose weight are very high because you don't have a lot of muscle mass. There's so much that goes into it. But like I said, we don't need to get into that. But being in a caloric deficit, that's how you're going to lose weight. There's, there's, that's it. Um, and there is some different situations, right? There, there is some different situations. If someone was in a caloric deficit for way too long, they should be eating more and not be in a caloric deficit anymore. But every person is different. Every single person is different. Every person I work with is different. Every person I work with gets the same exact attention as the last person because they're different. And like, it has to be in depth. You have to know. I literally hear horror stories. Like, I will onboard someone and they're like, wow, I literally talked to you longer than I've ever talked to my last coach. And I've been working with them for six months. And I'm like, nice. That's fucking great. Um, And I think it's just like, it comes down to like, if you actually care about people or not. And like, if you're just doing this for a quick buck or if you're just doing this to help people um, and not like really give a shit about, you know, the money, but the hormones, like just my hormones, my period may be one way and the next girls may be completely different. Like everyone's just different. Like it. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. And I don't know, man, I, I just took on someone a few weeks ago. I just started like a block and I just started we're about halfway through. So about four weeks ago, and she, she told me, so she's about five, eight, five, nine. She's does, was doing CrossFit, like training a lot, has a very, like her work. Um, I think she just like, she's like a chemist. So she's just like all over the place some days. And then other days she's sitting, like, it just depends. Like her date, her schedule is very different, but she's in CrossFit five, eight. And she did like a CrossFit challenge at her gym. And the owner had her eating 1300 calories. Nice. And she's like, I was losing any weight. And I'm like, yeah, because you are not eating enough. Like in that aspect, like, yes, you're in a caloric deficit, but like she like lost a little bit. And then her body was like screaming because less food doesn't sometimes answer. You don't have to be in an excessive caloric deficit like that in itself is just going to probably do more harm than good. You don't want to be in a crazy deficit. You just want to be in a slight deficit. Um, so I have her eating close to 2000 calories and she's already down like 10 pounds. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's I mean, nutrition's like that, but life is like that, too. It's like you, you you okay to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. But that doesn't mean you just eat as little calories as possible. Like you have to be in this much of a calorie deficit and like you got to check your stress levels. You got to check all those things. They all play a factor. So, yeah, I mean, it is it is super hard. And I think like nutrition coaching, especially, it's pretty easy to get into, but it's hard to stay. It's hard to stay and like actually get a lot of clients because I mean, it is that personalized. You need to really care. If you don't care, it's like, okay, you can give everybody the same RP diet template or whatever macros on my fitness pal and say, follow this, but you're really not going to help anybody. Right. Exactly. And you literally nailed it. Like there is so much more. How much are you sleeping? How much are you drinking? How much, what's your vegetable intake? Like, how are your stress levels? Like if you're a person who's in like complete stress and you're stressed out all the time and your anxiety is like through the roof, like your cortisol levels are going to be high, like the worst, like you are literally probably not going to lose weight and you could be in a caloric deficit and you could be in the right caloric deficit and you still will have trouble losing weight because your body's just in such like it's fighting it's it's fucking stressed it can't do what you want it to do it's like no no no. i, I just need to relax man being relaxed is like the number one number one thing about being healthy is not being stressed out so what do you do to not be stressed out me or like the yeah general? yeah yeah you personally uh for me i don't give a shit what anyone says about me um i don't care if someone wants to be friends with me or not i don't care um i focus on me and if i helped people and i did good today like in that aspect right then i can go to bed happy um i do what i love I worked hard to get here. Can't say I've always not been stressed because man, there was a time in my life where I was really, really, really freaking stressed, especially in that transition transition period. Like when I was, you know, trying to transition into being a coach and still had to work and I was super 
super, super stressed out. Um, taking time for me, even if it's very minuscule and small, even if it's 20 minutes a day to do what I love. And what's that? Read a book. Like sit in the sun, read a book. I don't know. You just got to, if something is not serving you purpose and something is literally not making you happy, you need to change it. And that's literally all it takes. And it may be a hard change, you know? Like think of all these people in bad relationships. I was that person. Um, I was scared to get out of my end. So it's just like, but what are you going to do? Are you just going to waste your life and just take that shit and wake up every day miserable? Life is great. Life is awesome. Like, man, we can do so much. We can do anything. We can literally do anything we want. It's, It's so cliche, but you're absolutely right. And I bet a lot of people too will will listen to you and say, "Yeah, but you know, you you have this already. Like I don't have what you have." And I mean, what you're saying isn't like, "Hey, you got to I mean, you're not like everything you're saying is doable. It's easy. But we choose we choose to stay in those shitty relationships. We choose to do stuff that we don't want to do. And it's like, I mean, I think about that all the time too. Like there's all these self-help books and there's all these podcasts out there. Um, Lewis Howes has a great podcast, The School of Greatness, but he's still, it's like 1300 episodes in. Like people are still not doing what he's saying to do. Like his podcast would be four episodes and this would fix your life. And it's like, listen to these four episodes and you're good. Like go do these things, easy. But it's like, we need to, we always think the next thing like the next book, we're going to read that. And then that's going to be the thing that the catalyst that changes us. And it's like, no, make easy decisions that aren't convenient in the moment. And like, do that all the time, probably going to have a pretty good life. For sure. And it's one small habit over time. So you may read like 10 books, but you might get one piece of information that will actually stick with you from every book. Like there's going to be that one thing you read in the book. That's like, wow, that's, that is like sticking to me. I want to do, I want to try that right? You're not going to read a full book and then try every single thing that that person tells you to do. It's just not realistic. Um, so you should read a book and pick one thing that seems easy, an easy step to make a change in your life and then go with it. You know, I think also in the slight edge, what does he say? He says it's easy to do and easy not to do. Easier not to do. Yep. It's yeah. And that's kind of where that's where it is. It's they're both easy to do. And it's also easy not to do so it's just like where what do you what are you going to do with it you know what what choice are you going to make in taking those active steps forward into whatever it is that you want to do and be i love it my computer is about to die so we got to wrap this up uh where can people find you um instagram i guess <laughs> uh the platform at- that you love <laughs> i do love I do love it, but it's any social media, right? Um, at underscore Rach K R A Y C H K A Y. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this. This was really fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having little old me. <laughs>